You're listening to another episode of the Zag Soap here. Excited to continue our series, social distancing mini-series, really, in these strange times that we're in. Today, we're joined by 2011 NLC New York fellow. Evan is here. We'll see how he's holding up on the East Coast. We'll talk a little bit about his background, which is pretty unique. So thanks for listening. Let's get to it. Yeah, Evan, it's always good to connect with other TFA alums. Where did you teach and what grade level? Yeah, it's, it's, it's always awesome connecting with uh, Teach for America alumni. I feel like we are everywhere at this point. <laughs> I, uh, I taught, uh, I was a 2007 New York City uh, Teach for America core member. I taught sixth and seventh grade English and history in the South Bronx. Uh, taught from 2007 to 2011. Absolutely enjoyed it and uh, loved the experience. Uh, ultimately left the classroom to uh, move to Washington, D.C. to get my MBA at Georgetown. And uh, one thing led to another, and now I'm in uh, uh, public sector and nonprofit consulting. So when you got your MBA, how did you feel like the the teaching experience made you uh, engage with that degree in maybe a way you might not have otherwise? So yeah, I, I found uh, I found that a lot of the things that I was doing as a teacher applied really well to the, the business world, and so. Um, a number of things that a number of skills that I was using as a teacher, one, one, like breaking something down really complex to something simpler into smaller, more bite-sized steps is something you absolutely do in consulting, uh, and, and in business. Another thing that I saw was, um, long-term planning is, is, is something that you, you learn as a teacher and do daily as a teacher. You're, you're taking something that you need to teach over the course of 180 days and you're breaking it down into units and lessons and even into like micro lessons to, uh, help your students achieve. And then a number, a, a number, a, a number of things that I've also seen were like the, the emotional intelligence and personal communication skills that come with teaching. You're, you're not always sure what your students are bringing into the classroom and what might not have ha- what might have happened outside of the class, and so you're very attuned to body language. You're very attuned to um, how that student might be feeling or, or what they might be doing differently. And uh, in the business world and consulting, like you're you're doing that for a client as well. Like you need to be able to read your client really well. And so those were skills that I, f- I found teaching um, that apply to really any, any, any role, but certainly uh, in my role in consulting and, and in business. And then I know your work involves helping companies through change management situations. Obviously, the world we're in, everything is changing. What do you feel like your work will entail once things start to get back to normal and are filled with people again? Yeah, so it's uh, one, one thing that that uh, we've had to really adapt to is uh being in more of a virtual and remote environment. And I, I've seen a number of companies and organizations that were already operating in a remote environment and they've adapted extremely well because they were comfortable with it. And a number of companies and organizations had to really get up to speed with that. Uh, looking at just more broadly across industries, I think, I mean, we're certainly seeing the impact to the airline industry and the travel industry, um, restaurant industry entertainment industry, those industries are are getting hit really hard right now. And I think a number of them are either in the process of reinventing themselves or, or looking at ways that they can reinvent themselves. Um, just looking at my own, you know, microcosm in Washington, D.C., a number of restaurants have adapted by doing more takeout. And for some of these restaurants, like they they were they were not they were only, you know, seated, seated restaurants. And now they're, they've almost like expanded their business or even maybe potentially altered their business model, um, for, for this environment. 
And I'll be curious to see how industries respond and how they're and which ones adapt effectively. I think you're also seeing it in the education space uh, with with uh, teachers now having to adapt to more of a remote culture and being able to uh, trying to engage students uh, digitally um, and thinking through some of the challenges for students that may not have the digital resources, how they adapt. You're seeing it in the higher education space as well. And so there are a number of industries that are really um, really focusing on the really that have really had the change, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how these industries whether they whether they kind of return to normal, so to speak, and if they actually implement some of these changes, or if this fundamentally changes the landscape for 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 a number of these industries. Yeah, that's what we've been asking some guests. If you you know had this time period to think of as a reset of a lot of systems whether it was systems in healthcare or systems in business uh, that based on what's happened have forced a reckoning in so many different ways and a reflection in so many different ways too. If you could pick one system that you feel like would really benefit from a significant overhaul when we have people in it again, what system would you pick and, and why do you think you would make that change? Yeah. So I've been thinking about that for, for, for some time and I think, I mean, looking more broadly across the board, just general hiring practices for companies is a big one. I think a number of companies have really boxed them in, boxed themselves in, to, so to speak, because they're looking for people within their local region and they're and and that are connected to their regional offices. And the companies that seem to be more nimble and that have adapted are the ones that are operating more in a remote culture already. And what they've been able to do by operating in more of a remote culture is they've been able to kind of expand their their talent pool. And so even if they had their headquarters is in San Francisco or New York or Washington, D.C., there are talented people all over the country and all over the world that don't necessarily need to be aligned to that um, that region or that office. And you can really expand your talent pool by operating in a remote environment and opening opening your um, application process to people who are not within that region. And so I've seen a number of companies that have been doing that effectively. I think my current company, like while we, while we do have a number of regional offices, we've been hiring people from really all over the, all over the country, um, based off of the, their talent and their attitude and their skill set, and not, n- not where they leave or not where they live. So I think a number of countries, uh, not a number of companies are going to adapt to some of these barriers being broken. Um, Another industry that I'll be curious to watch is higher education. I think a number of um, schools are adapting really well, um, and some have already been moving more to like a digital digital environment. I think a number of colleges are going to really struggle with the fact that um, at the loss of revenue from room and board. And this is this is a, an industry that has been ripe for disruption for for quite some time. And has almost been that disruption has almost been forced on a number of colleges, and some are going to adapt, and, and and some unfortunately will not. Yeah, we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about talent pools and hiring in a in a world uh, after COVID nineteen. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, so Evan, if you could convince companies to consider a wider talent base in their in their pool gets to expand just based on the fact that geography would be less of a limiting factor how would you advise folks to consider changing their their recruitment and selection processes to still make sure they got the right folks because 
yeah, it would be an adjustment and I'm sure to so many systems where you bring people in to interview, they see where their office would be, they know who their colleagues are in a in a more one-to-one personal sense. What kind of advice would you give folks to to upgrade and change their selection process based on the changes you suggested? Yeah, so I think an important piece for any remote environment is is teamwork and collaboration. And while you are going to be working a bit more independently and you may not have that face-to-face interaction quite so much, you're going to be you're going to need to look for people who are still able to work in a team, are are willing to ke- collaborate and aren't just going to kind of like put their head down and work work at their desk, but are going to find ways to communicate, collaborate and and be be a member of the team. I think uh you're also going to have to look for people who are self-starters and are able to work independently that don't necessarily need people checking in on them uh, as frequently. Um, and part of part of the benefit, and I think this especially appeals to millennials and Generation Z, part of the benefit of a remote culture is there's, there's flexibility built into that. So you might be able to adapt your work hours a little bit. Um, based off of your your lifestyle and your and your 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 personal preferences and your your own schedule um but part of but but what comes with that is just at the end of the day like you have to be able to manage your schedule and 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 get things done so you're you're going to be looking for someone who can manage their time appropriately and is a good uh project manager both at the team level and at 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 at, the, at their personal individual level and speaking of teamwork we've been curious how folks are are passing some of their quarantine time are you a house party person? Are you playing games online with folks? How are you making sure you're staying connected? So I've got a six month old. So that's, uh, that's, 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 that, that's been keeping me busy. And it's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a glass half full kind of guy and optimist. So I, I've enjoyed the fact that I've had a, a bit more remote time so that mm-hmm. I can you know, pop down and uh, spend, spend a little time with, with my daughter in between meetings and, and calls and, and getting work done. Uh, I've, also been spending my time board games with uh, with my wife. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Zoom happy hours and connecting with uh, friends, Zoom go to meeting and whatever you know various platforms, uh, just making sure that we're, we're we're staying in touch and having that social interaction. And then uh, for better or worse, uh, my my wife will say for better. Uh, this has forced me to get a little bit more handy and do some of those uh, house projects that I have been uh, delaying and deferring. And so have been uh, getting a little bit more into uh, just uh, ordering stuff from Home Depot and and uh, just trying to get a little bit more handy around the house and fixing some things that uh, have been bothering us for some time. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on the news then if there's any unexpected home accidents that occur in your <laughs> household based on, on strange home projects going wrong. I always admire folks who do that and I always worry as well if there's some uh, ladder mishap or, or God knows what else. Because, yeah, we don't get a chance to do that as much as we probably would like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my uh, my, my dad would uh, take me under his wing and, and uh, try to teach me things growing up and he called it skill improvement. And I didn't always pay attention. And now I'm kicking myself and wishing I paid a little bit more attention to some of the tools and some of these, uh, you know, house projects that he he tried to show me. Yeah. Hey, last thing, it's good to talk to someone who was a, a fellow in the the earlier years of NLC. I was 2010 LA, you were 2011. Do you still keep in touch with any folks from your cohort or what's the relationship you have now with NLC? Yeah. So I'm still on uh, the listserv and I'll, we'll respond every so often. Uh, a number of people from other NLC fellowships and in other cities have, have uh, transplanted to Washington, D.C., and so a few of us have uh, connected and uh, do regular events, brunches, happy hours, and things like that. Um, 
from my cohort in particular, I keep in touch, email every so often, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. And it's just, it's, it's always very exciting to see just the one, like the diversity of experience that is in NLC across the years and across um, the cities. And two, just the fascinating things that so many people are doing. Um, I mean, you've got people, local government, federal government, you've got people in education, you've got people in a number of different areas that are that are really leaders impacting, impacting uh, the country. And it's, 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 it's never surprising to me to like read up on someone's bio, who's, you know, leading a movement and find out that they were part of NLC. Listen, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Zag. Make sure to catch all the past episodes that have been dropping the last 10 days to two weeks or so. We've caught up with folks all across the country adjusting to these strange times. Hopefully, they can give you some comfort and some inspiration. And if you have a lot of time in your hands, make sure to catch all the other episodes. There's over 200 where we've chatted with NLC alum from all over the country doing all sorts of things in simpler times. Get those in all the places where you get your podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. They're all there. And until next time, we'll catch you soon.